Hello and welcome to season one, episode one of We Are Two Black Women. That is the working title of our podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea. And I'm your co-host, Rashonda. So let's see, we're going to start with introductions. Um, so I'm from a military family. I'm the youngest of three, all girls. Yes, I am a spoiled army brat. No shame about it. Uh, see, my favorite things to do. I like watching anime. I like to eat. I also like to cook. I like to work out. I like being outdoors. Uh, see, I like cats. I have two. And favorite color is royal blue. And for work, I work as a mental health and substance abuse counselor. Yay. Okay, my name is Rashonda. I was raised by a single mom in New York. Uh, <laughs> I am the youngest of three girls, and I work as a counselor as well with Chelsea at Community Mental Health Place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a community mental health place as a substance use and mental health counselor. My favorite color is orange. I am the youngest, but I am not spoiled. <laughs> I was not spoiled. But yes, I am so excited to get started with our podcast. So the reason we decided to start a podcast is, well, number one, everyone's doing it, but also, <laughs> but also, you know, we, we find that we need an outlet. Um, we are both people who have a lot of ideas, have a lot of thoughts running through our head and we figured, you know what, let's just put our heads together. We have similar enough personalities, but also diverse tastes. We'll probably be able to come up with something pretty cool. So um, our podcast is really just gonna be like a variety of topics. Because we work as substance abuse and mental health counselors, there will be those days where we talk about like mental health stuff. But then we're also, you know, to black women in America. So we will be discussing other random things at will. So just bear with us, you guys. You never know what we're gonna pull out of the hat. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a Sunday, three o'clock in the afternoon. My laptop is charging, I think. Okay, yeah, it is charging. So let's see, plans, things that we're looking forward to. I'm going on vacation next week and I'm very excited about that. It's gonna be like a little mini vacation, four days. Where Nothing are you going? Big. So Thursday, I think I have a date possibly, excuse me, to the movies. Friday, I'm going to Charlotte. I'm gonna spend the night in Charlotte, hang out with some friends that I haven't seen in a while. Saturday, not sure what I'm doing. Sunday is Father's Day, so I suppose I'll be seeing my male parental figure at some point. Let's see, yeah, I'm just really excited to get out of town, relax, and go dancing or something. It'll be fun. Oh my, well, I'm going on vacation vacation <laughs> quotes because it's only I'm only taking two days off but my 25th birthday is coming up so I've been planning that and we're gonna go out to Charlotte actually do a couple of things in Charlotte since you know COVID is still very much so real and 
My my friends are usually balling on a budget, so we're going to go to Charlotte and enjoy some rooftop dining. Rooftop dining sounds fun. I, I think it's going to be a very nice um, bougie on a budget. I'm with it. Vacation. I'm putting everything on my credit card. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't. I shouldn't, but I will. Um, so, yeah that's going to be fun. You know, it's, it's really important to make sure that we are taking time to ourselves again, easier said than done. Right. Um, everything that happened with the pandemic, a lot of people have had to work multiple jobs. Other people have been unable to find jobs. It's just been a really stressful and wild time. And I think one of the things that struck me the most is like, as a counselor, just in the last two or three months, really coming to terms with how the pandemic affected me. Um, you know, again, like as therapists, we're usually so present for our clients that we sometimes have a harder time really taking a moment to reflect and think about what's going on with us. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, just like having coming, having some harsh realizations about things that I was just kind of ignoring or putting on the back burner that I really um, need to be working on, that I am working on now, right? And so I've been working on that with my therapist. So I found that to be very helpful. Um, if you are looking for a therapist and you are a Black woman as well, Therapy for Black Girls is a great directory. It's where I found my current therapist, she's amazing. We've been working together now for over a year, I think, actually. I have to go back and look, but it's, yeah, yeah. We started in June of last year. So um, yeah, so if you are a Black woman and you are looking for a therapist, then I would absolutely suggest Therapy for Black Girls as a great place to look. And I think that's something really important, too, that we can get into, one, your experience as a counselor with a little more time under your belt than compared to mine, which I am freshly, I would say, freshly graduated still within my six months after graduation. And then also mental health for Black women, right? Yeah. Finding and promoting people finding a counselor that fits them. Oh, that's, I'm really glad that you said that, that fits them because, and, and they're, they're, that's a catch 22, right? Because on the one hand, well, some of the, I'll, I'll back it up. Some of the stigmas that I've noticed, like in terms of seeking therapy in the African-American community, but especially for African-American women, it, it just like dates back to like the age old ideology that like black women are strong and formidable. And we are, we are, however, you know, we still have limits, like, right, we, we still reach a point where we can experience burnout and emotional fatigue, but because historically we've been tasked with upholding the Black community, like, taking care of Black households, um, raising Black children, being nurturers, but then also, you know, protectors and fighters and advocates and, you know, we're supposed to wear all these different hats it's often hardest for us to be the ones to reach out for help, right? And so then within that, you know, beyond that, when a person finally decides that they want to get help, 
there's limitations to that because if a person only makes a certain amount of money or if they have a certain type of insurance, they can really only find certain, you know, get certain kinds of help in their area. So some of the things that do kind of like hinder access um, for Black women when it comes to, and this is, can be applied to anybody when it comes to finding therapists, of course, is affordability, which affects accessibility, right? Like if I don't have the money, for mm-hmm. you know to pay out of pocket or to pay the copay right i'm gonna try and go for the cheaper option and so sometimes when we are looking for therapists it is really really important to just do your research before you just like schedule an appointment with someone you should really do some in-depth research like i said therapy for black girls is a great one looking um navigating your insurance sites um provider directory another great one that i like to tell people about is open path collective um open path collective is a directory where you sign up and you don't pay more than 30 to 60 dollars per session like it's like sliding scale um so again if it'll it'll depend a lot on your salary um but just some things to think about because I'm listed up there on Open Path Collective. Um, like I have my rate for my private practice that I charge. Um, so if someone comes to me and they're like, yeah, I don't know if I can afford that, I tell them about Open Path Collective and I'm like, you can still find me up there. So I encourage them to sign up and then, you know, you better plug in your business. Oh, you yeah. better put that plug in. <laughs> and let them do their own research. But it's, it's so important because I've, I definitely talked to people who've been like, yeah, you know, I had this really awful experience with a therapist and I stayed with that therapist for like three or four years because I thought I had to. And I was like, oh, oh, honey, no, 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 no. Like, again, like, like I said, depending on your area and the kind of money you're making, what you can afford, yes, that will affect things. So if you do have the means, if you are in a densely populated area where mental health clinicians abound, especially ones that you that look like you, if that's what you're more comfortable with, I absolutely encourage you to, you know, see a couple different therapists. Like if you, after the first two sessions, you're still not comfortable with your therapist and you've addressed it and nothing seems to be working, like you can find another therapist because even like mental health clinicians like we're we're aware that we're not going to be the perfect fit for and at the end of the day you're paying for these services Uh, that if you have somebody that does your hair that and you don't like that style of hair you're not going to go back at all so you can treat mental health the same way counselors therapists you know you find one that fits you and i feel like people do they give up right they won't that one counselor won't be for them and then they'll give up they're like "Mm -mm, I don't like counseling at all and there are so 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 many counselors right there's so many counselors we have so many sites resources where you can find someone that looks like you if that is what you're into yeah so I feel like that is super important to even encourage and promote because you don't have to give up on counseling because that one counselor wasn't good for you or that second counselor wasn't good for you either yeah. You can keep on looking, browsing. Exactly. Exactly. I really like that you said that. Like, it's your money. 
And even if, even if you have, cause I remember one time I had really good insurance where like when I started with my therapist, I was working full-time for another company and I didn't have a copay because we worked in mental health. Like they were like, yeah, like you'll be able to seek mental health services. And it was free. I had no copay whatsoever, but if there were ever, again, it's like, I'm still utilizing my benefits. Right. And so even if you have insurance where you're not paying the therapist anything, you're still utilizing your benefits. So anytime you don't feel comfortable, yeah, like it's okay to terminate services. And we as like, again, like we as clinicians, like we know that's going to happen. Like we're going to have clients and maybe we don't vibe well with them and they want to terminate treatment. Like, you know, we still have processes by which, you know, we consult with like our supervisor or our colleagues. And, you know, we just go, you like, this is what I'm going through. And I don't know really how to process it or how to feel, you know? So like, we have ways to like work that kind of stuff out on our own. Um, and I find like, sometimes people feel like they're being a bad client or like that they'll hurt the person's feelings. And it's like, girl, they'll be okay. Yeah. Okay, like if you're not comfortable with that therapist, leave. Like it's okay, it's fine. Because again, at the end of the day, you have to find what works for you because you're going so that you can be well. Exactly. Mental health is super, super important. So I hate to hear people when they give up on it because they didn't find a good counselor. And I'm like, keep searching. It can be exhausting if you went through a couple, right? Yeah. It can be exhausting and some are not trained well. Let's not ignore that fact oh, that some of these people are not trained well Ooh. at all, but never mm. give up. Don't again, give up. Again, like as, as, as someone who's been working in the mental health and substance abuse field for about five or six years now, um, starting off as a recreational therapist was really interesting because there were certain people who would look at me and they'd be like, okay, but you're not a real therapist though. And I'm like, well, I mean, I am because it's literally in my title but okay, but I knew what they were getting at, right? Like they were getting at, well, you're not trained to do what I do. Well, the thing of it is, is it's like the training is mostly the same. Like we're trained to help people. We're trained to look at people as individuals. We're trained to identify their likes and dislikes. If anything, like being a recreational therapist has helped me so much in what I do now, like in counseling, right? Because I, as much as therapy is about change, like I don't, my philosophy is that you don't have to cry in every therapy session. Like if you do, there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, it's, it's not that it has to be like that way every session. And I know that that's what some people have told me has been a turnoff for them is, well, I just, I don't want to cry. And I don't like being upset. And I'm like, you know, that does not have to be every single session. It just doesn't. And so I try to make things as engaging and fun as possible while still making sure that we're getting to the meat of whatever it is that we need to be working on in that session. Um, and like you said, some people are just really poorly trained. Like I can't count on my two hands, like how many times like I would sit and talk with people like conferences or conventions, right? But then also at these various jobs that I've worked where pe the statements that people would make were just very much no bueno. Like I would be sitting there like, what did you just say about this trans client? Or what did you just say about this? you know, uh, Muslim client is it's like, like the ignorance, you know, like the isms, right? Like we talk about like the different isms 
that exist in the world. And we know that they already exist in healthcare, but to me, they already have no business existing, but they definitely don't have any business existing within the mental health field. Like people are coming to us, they're fragile and they're wanting help. And I can't believe that any biases would not bleed over into the quality of care that a professional would uh, provide is, is, is my thing. And so I'd always have to like catch myself because I, I would get to that point. I would, you know, redirect and be very like, well, no, this is, this is how we should, you know, be regarding this person. Like, cause I would say stuff to when these like folks would like say something. I'd be like, don't you think that's kind of not okay? And, and, and try to keep it as professional and calm and level-headed as possible. And I, I guess like no one ever really took me serious, right? Cause I was usually like the youngest person in the room. So yeah. I was, I was just one of those new age kids. One of those, well, I'm just so sensitive. And I was just be sitting there like, no, like you were just being a jerk. <laughs> like, don't do that. And so I found that to be, you know, again, just, you know, if you have the resources available, make sure you find someone that really works for you, that, that works well with you. And some clinicians, what I'm noticing that they do is they have like inventories. Um, I don't want to say it's like an assessment, but, you know, again, just kind of like uh, take this uh, inventory test and see, you know, what your results are. And then, of course, like letting the client know, like, hey, this is how I do things. This is how I provide therapy and everything like that. And so, you know, that way you do get an opportunity to figure out, you know, is this person going to be able to provide services to me in the way that I need them? Because, of course, yeah. And I think it's really important, something else you mentioned, not to cut you off, though, but advocating, advocating for our clients, even, you know, to other clinicians or to people higher up. That is something I had to learn very early, you know, because it's uncomfortable if you because I am newly trained, you know, like so we've learned some newer things and people have been in the field a little longer. Right. So being a little more culturally sensitive, I feel like we learned a lot about that and culturally, culturally competent. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and I feel like I have had to express that to multiple people, people above me, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So I'm like, it's always, so. and that's not what I mind. I don't mind doing that as long as you're open to it. But if you're completely rejecting it, I'm like, okay, well then there's some issues here. There's something that you didn't handle, you did not deal with. <laughs> There's something going on there. Yeah. It's it, it's definitely like, it's that thing of, you know, again, like because we're newer, right? Like we're still considered, um, you know, green to the field, right? But then at the same time, it's like, yeah, but you need that. Like there was a point in time where you were also new to the field, right? And so sometimes people are like, well, this is just, you know, you're just paying your dues when people disregard you. And I'm like, that is like, again, just like an awful mentality to have. Of like, well, this is just how things have always been. Like, okay, but obviously it's not working out so well because some of y'all don't need to have licenses. Like, especially with this new generation. I love it. I love it. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I just love to see it, you know, holding people accountable for what they're saying. And I'm like, yes, you know, and a lot of people don't like that and they want to stick to the old, but I'm like, that's not what's, that's, you can't relate 
how are you still relating? You know, and yeah. we have that whole continuing education thing. And this is a part of it. This is definitely a part of it and being able to adapt to the new cultural norms. The best student is the one that knows they will never stop learning. Mm -hmm. I forgot where I got that. I know it's a quote someone wrote. I can't remember who it was. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it was along those lines if that was not verbatim. But yeah, it's again, it's the idea that like, even though we're adults and I've graduated, right? And I have my degrees and I have my licenses and things. That doesn't mean that I know everything that there is to know, especially when we're talking about treating humans. Because I say this all the time in my practice, like humans are very dynamic creatures. Like we are constantly changing. And so with that, society will change. And so with that, the ways in which we do things will have to change. We'll, like yeah. you said, we have to be willing to adapt. And the fact that there are some people who are just so rigid in their ideas and beliefs about what practicing, you know, healthcare and mental health, especially what that looks like, what it should look like, and how they plan to do things, it can be very dangerous because you will then have clinicians who are invalidating their clients. And mm -hmm. I've absolutely like worked with clients who were like, yeah, like my therapist said this to me and I was, I, mm -mm, I wasn't with it. And so I left and I was like, good for you. I'm big on TikTok. You know that. I've talked about TikTok a lot. I watch a lot of TikTok. So it's like, there was this trend, like what was the worst thing your counselor has ever said to you? And I'm like, what like what in the world like some of those things are obnoxious and I'm like how could you have formed your lips to say that you know like how could you have told a client that and thought that was ethical and not traumatizing or harmful to that client and I'm like sheesh no wonder you know the stigma is here it's because these improperly trained clinicians are out here performing because nobody else wants to tell them they're doing it wrong Oh, and then another big thing, another big thing is like making sure that you're actually seeing a licensed clinician. Oh yeah, for sure. So for sure. Check those people. credentials. Oh my God. And, and it's, and it's, it's one of those things where sometimes people will be vague, right? Like they'll be like, well, no, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm a this, right? So like um, life coaches, you know, those are, they're not always licensed right like you can be certified you can have a degree in something else but like I think of I'm not going to say any names I don't want people coming from my neck about how they feel about some of their favorite you know tv personalities right but I'm in a clinicians of color and private practice Facebook page and like I remember like there'd be so much strife because like people would like post stuff about certain uh reality tv stars who were life coaches and whatnot right and like of course like you have some clinicians who were like well i don't see anything wrong with it and then other clinicians were like well the issue is this and then finally i remember like and like we would get several posts like this a month right where someone would be like look at what so-and-so said or so-and-so did and then you have people like going back and forth in the comment section and then i finally saw someone that was like the issue isn't that this person is not a therapist and this person has never said that they were a licensed therapist. However, um, the way in which people, when they don't have enough information about something, how they interpret what they're seeing. And so no one ever stopped to check that person's credentials, right? They just knew that this was someone who worked with famous people and helped them change their lives. 
And I'm like, you can't conflate that necessarily with therapy. And so that person did not do anything wrong by providing the services that they were providing. The issue was how society was viewing this person providing services. And mm-hmm. yeah, like there were some times where I'd be like watching, watching shows, watching clips. And I'd be like, what the, I would never do that. And I'd have to think like, well, yeah, I would never do that because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a therapist. Yeah. And then specifically, we are licensed mental health counselors, right? Which is completely different than a lot of different fields and especially different than a life coach or someone working in that capacity. Right. Right. So where they can do things that we, it is not recommended, right? We are (laughs) definitely not recommended. And I've read stories of like other therapists, like talking with people who were basically like, they were like, well, I went to school for it. And it's like, okay, but did you graduate? Well, no. Okay. So then you, so then I know you're not, you're more than likely not licensed. So what are you doing? Right. And so, you know, like Rashonda was saying, make sure that you guys check those credentials. If they market themselves, do your research. They have have a a board. There is a board that will have a website that will have a directory that will allow (laughs) you to verify if that person is licensed. So make sure. And don't be afraid to ask questions. Ask some questions because just as we are going to get into a thorough assessment with you, you can assess us as well to make sure that we are a good fit for you. Yeah. And then, yeah, making sure you're asking those important questions and that somebody will be considerate of your culture, your spiritual, mm-hmm. you know, needs and everything like that. Making sure you're asking everything that you feel like you can ask within that first appointment or even over the phone, if you can get someone to talk to you over the phone before you even get booked. Right. It like can be super important. If you specifically want a faith-based counselor, like that is absolutely something that I would, that you could ask them, you know, and um, another great one, another great directory is psychology today. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause again, I think you can look up like if they're like specifically faith-based is one of the um, filters, I believe. So again, really getting into that mode of, of research, 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 ask, ask, ask. Super important. Um, so yeah, just, yeah, just some like things to think about if you are wanting to get into therapy. Um, cause it's important. Like I said, you know, we, as humans, we, as, especially if you're listening to this and you are a black woman, it's, it's hard out here. <laughs> and so you have to be able to take care of yourself um, the best way that you can. And sometimes like you'll need some help and that's okay. I think that's another big thing is like the stigma attached to, well, if you're seeking professional help, like that means you couldn't handle it on your own. And it's like, like again, again, like we're a part of a society because we continuously have to do things by interacting and coexisting with other humans so the idea that a person would be a part of a society but be able to take care of themselves 100 percent of the time without help from anyone else is just it doesn't make a lot of sense we have a special visitor <laughs> oh, dinosaur jammies 
It's okay. But yeah, I think it's really important that we make sure we're doing those self-care. And I think that is like my focus right now. And even preaching that to all the clients that I do get is being mindful and an emotional intelligence, which is like the emotional awareness, which seems so basic, such a grounding, you know, it's a grounding thing. And it's like a foundation that you can build every other skill on. And I think that's super important because most clients, they don't have those skills either right so it's just making sure that you find and then we all each counselor has their own specialties if they do have additional credentialing or their specific theoretical background you know like what they like to focus on and how they like to do their counseling because you can ask those questions too because that's important yeah, absolutely. Like, what is your, you know, like philosophical orientation and things like that? Because like, I'm definitely um, like a totalitarian, <laughs> you know, the thing, I very much believe uh, using absolutely everything that you very, that you, that you can, utilitarianist, Jesus, I don't know why I could not remember that word. <laughs> I'm very much utilitarianist. Like I believe in using every last little bit of scrap that I have within me to provide the best possible care. And when I'm looking at like my theoretical orientations, you know, I'm very much like person-centered. Like I believe people have all of the tools that they need within themselves. It's just sometimes they need a little bit of help digging them out and really being able to view them as a strength or as a tool. And I feel like that's the basis for all counseling. I feel like person-centered should be the basis for all counseling. I don't know about the different disciplines and what they learned, but for me, that was like our baseline because a lot of our basic skills is person-centered skills. Exactly. Listening to people, talking, being able to communicate effectively with people, like being empathic towards it. It's, yeah. Like we very much are treating humans. So the idea that we would not look at that from a person-centered approach or address it from a person-centered approach seems wild to me. And yet, and yet you will find those people who are like, Mm-mm, I'm, I'm here for the money. I'm here because I want to find out what makes people tick. And it's like, mm, it's not really... It's not yeah. really what we're here for. Like you're not yeah, the here moral, to try and figure out just what the moral for. of it is find a counselor that will work for you. You know what I'm saying? Take that time, do your research, you know, shop. It sounds weird, but you know, shop around, browse around at different counselors and see yes. who will best fit you because your needs, your personality, it might not be, it might not click with your counselors, right? And then you can just find another one. There is such a what is it, plethora, (laughs) a variety, various counselors that you can find, especially now. And I'm so happy there's more Black people getting into the profession, right? More people of color getting into the profession so people can have somebody that looks like them talking to them about situations that they could relate to. Yes. Because I I find it so important. One of my counseling experiences, I had a I had a therapist. I was seeing I was seeing her using like EAP benefits, and like they gave me I want to say like three sessions or something like that, 
And then after the third session, we were supposed to be reapplying for EAP benefits to get more additional, to get, you know, additional sessions, but that we were going to specifically uh, change the focus, right? Because they wouldn't continue to give me sessions for the same thing. Um, and so I remember like sending her an email saying, well, the insurance said that, you know, you need to submit this paperwork or whatever. And I didn't hear anything. And I think it went like a week or two. And then I sent her like another email and I just never heard from her again. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, am I, did I just get ghosted by my therapist? Like what? Meanwhile, the therapist that I have now like I remember we went from seeing each other bi-weekly to now I see her weekly um and again that's been like in the last month and a half of just like realizing like hey yeah you know I've been dealing with some like real heavy stuff that I didn't realize I was dealing with so you know I think I'm going to need some more support and so we may not do that forever right but in the meantime until things until I feel like things are like you know, calm down a little bit, like just being able to find again, like somebody that is willing to work with me. And like, I'm even able to work with her because like we were seeing, I was getting, uh, my sessions were one, you know, like this certain day a week. And then she was like, Hey, so I need to switch that around. Would you be able to do this day at this time? And I was like, absolutely. And so just like, we're able to work with each other. And, you know, again, when you're a therapist that's working with a therapist, like one of the biggest things is that you already know what it is you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. You already know. But it helps to have somebody else there that can continue processing those things with you and say, okay, yeah, so here's what you need to do. And like having someone to hold me accountable to doing those things. Definitely. But I feel like, because I was seeing a counselor, right? But... it was definitely an interesting experience I think it was my first yeah it was my first time in counseling I started in college and then like she was gracious enough to keep going pro bono once you know like I graduated but the whole I'm a counselor you know these things oh my god it irritated me so bad you know like because I'm like really (laughs) Like, really? yeah, she's like well you know you know she was like well what would you tell your clients I'm like oh my I god. hate that question that's the only oh my thing. god if I don't know that, look, someone that we know someone that we know will ask me that one of our one of our other lovely colleagues yeah. whenever I'm like talking she was like so what would you tell a client I was like I would tell them this and she's like you're talking to you I was like but that's just it like I talk to my clients and I phrase it of course differently I was like but I would typically like process with my clients like the same way is okay so like what is it that you're looking for in the situation because this is what it sounds like and so I'm wondering you know yada 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 but it's so funny because like she's always like well how how would you say it to a client I'm like I just told you uh." yeah I just find that so irritating because listen not that I don't know but I cannot put myself you know, like I'm talking to myself, you know, like I'm not talking to these these clients. So it's very difficult for me because yes, we might know somewhere deep down, but we're in denial as well with our own, we have our own mental health needs. 
we have our own things going on to where, yes, I have been trained to give these clients, you know, these specific tools and stuff. And yes, I am aware of the tools and stuff that I'm using. However, you know, even clients are coming back to you and sometimes they need reassurance. Sometimes they need validation in what they're going through. Exactly. Why am I expected to know if everything when I come when I'm coming to you as a counselor you know why am I expected to know all this stuff I don't want to talk about what I would tell my client right now this is not me in that world and then it's like that's another thing because counseling it's just one of our identities it's a hat that we have to put on throughout the week but when I'm talking to a counselor baby that hat is not on (laughs) that is not what I'm thinking about you know like it's It's the furthest from my mind like You're trying to put me back into that identity, and that's not where I am right now because I am also Rashonda. I'm not only Rashonda the counselor. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I am my own person. So when the day is done and I turn this laptop off because we're working virtually right now, when I turn that off, I'm a different person. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, like, what are you talking about? You know, like, I would get so <laughs> just like frustrated. Like, you really want me to think about what I'm going to tell us? You yes. know, because so you're put, I'm put myself in a different bubble right now I'm not in that bubble so it's very hard for me to just maintain she well she it was hard for her to look at me outside of being a counselor because you're not treating me like somebody that's still a human yes I am a counselor but yes I am that's not where I am right now because again like not right now I'm a client I was going to say, exactly. Not everyone's going to psychoanalyze themselves. Like they're coming to you for support. Like you're going to do the work for them. Like I am the type of person that's like, I just do that normally because I overthink everything. So I usually have a harder time and not psychoanalyzing things. So when I'm talking with my therapist, like even sometimes she'll be like, girl, <laughs> let's reel that in a little bit. And I'm like, you right, you right. <laughs> Yeah, and then it's like, yes, yes, I am very aware of some things that I do that I do because I am an overthinker as well. So if I'm, you know, I I can think myself into a hole. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, cause we're you're an overthinker too. I'm thinking and I'm thinking and I'm thinking and I'm no longer at that baseline anymore. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So now I need help getting out of this hole that I'm in. Exactly. But you're asking me. But what would you tell a client? I'm not I'm even telling clients to go see a You know therapist. what I'm saying? Like we, well, for me, I I go into my day being intentional. You know what I'm saying? I know what I'm going to be doing. I am going to be a counselor. I'm going to be working with clients. I'm going to have my other colleagues around me. That's a different headspace. You know, it's very separate. It's very different. And it's, it's I just thought it was just so... <laughs> <laughs> it was just not it for me I'm like yo so you think because I would so what is that telling me right now <laughs> what is that right. really going to tell me right now you're like it's just treating me as if it's common sense and I feel like you're not treating your other clients like this you're not expecting them to know it all right because even as counselors we don't know it all exactly and it's like I want to be treated like in an, again like I want to be treated like an individual but at the same time I don't want you to expect more of me than you would of any of your other clients yeah and I think that was my issue you're expecting me to have it all together and I'm like if I did I wouldn't be here nobody is perfect 
And if y'all need to know this, <laughs> counselors are not perfect. At all. We have a counselor as well. <laughs> I think this is so funny to be with people who are like, well, you, you're a therapist and you have it all together. I'm like, <laughs> I have like 85% of it together. Like, yeah, like stress does not dodge us because we're counselors. Oh, not at all. <laughs> not Life at all. events do not dodge us because we are counselors depression and anxiety both woke up and chose violence they decided to curb stomp me on a random day with their black air forces on like please do not think that just because we're therapists like we'll just have it we we will not like there will be days okay there will be days i yeah sometimes we need to be reminded to take care of ourselves like i've treated social workers and substance abuse counselors and doctors and nurses and this that like i've treated these people because even though we work in this field we are not immune to still facing these same struggles you know, and, and so again, it's like that thing of, because I have access to the resources, I use them because I know I need to. And I feel yeah. like it would be, it would, I feel like it would be more damaging for me to not have a therapist as a therapist, you know? Exactly. Because we're listening to a lot of trauma, right? We go through, we, we deal with clients with a lot of th- their own different traumas. And then we have our own situations that we are trying to manage as well so in order to be as competent as prepared as we can we have to handle some other stuff too Mm -hmm. we have to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves just as we want you guys to take care of yourselves yes all that because it's so easy to fall into the pits and depths of despair like it Mm -hmm. really and we're trying to prevent burnout we're young. We got some more years. <laughs> we need some more years on us. I'm trying to prevent burnout. But yes, every podcast will not be as deep and serious as this one was. <laughs> but as counselors, we are going to bring into the mental health side. Yeah. And if you guys ever have like questions or want to share things with us, you're more than welcome to you. Um, I think that would be, you know, a great way again to just be like get extra engagement. We probably won't like, of course, like we won't provide like a whole therapeutic session, but. <laughs> questions, if you have any questions, if you have any topics you want us to dive into. Yeah. I think we can do that. I think it'll be, I think it's going to be a super fun opportunity for not only to discuss mental health, but also to get into some other stuff in yeah. our other areas of interest because we're not only counselors exactly exactly right well I think this is a great place to stop for today and we will catch you guys again on the flip side I guess yeah and that is it for (laughs) we are two black women (laughs) and cut